You're listening to KYMN 95.1 FM, 1080 AM, and streaming online at KimRadio.net. It's time for the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. It's the show that covers America's pastime through the eyes of the people who love it the most. From journalists to broadcasters, and of course, the athletes that play the game, we will have all your bases covered. Here's your host, Colin Landsteiner. It's time for the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. It's the show all about baseball here on KYMN. We talk to everybody involved in the game. Beat writers, radio broadcasters, coaches, players... You name it, anybody involved with the game of baseball, we chat with them. And this week's guest is going to be none other than Nate Cousins from Baseball 365. You ask what Baseball 365 is? Well, it is a baseball store up in the cities. They specialize in setting up kids with baseball equipment. They sell collectibles. And Nate is also heavily involved with town ball here in the state, playing for the Baseball 365 team. So, uh, yeah, earlier this week, Nate and I had a nice, lengthy conversation about his store, Baseball 365, and his town ball career. You're listening to the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. Our guest, Nate Cousins from Baseball 365. Nate, thanks for joining us. Of course. Nate, um, you guys, you and your brother Ryan own a baseball store called Baseball 365. And it's all about, you know, selling baseball equipment and collectibles. And, you know, how did you and your brother get in the business? Well, uh, my brother was a manager at Verizon. I was a manager at a bank. And uh, neither one of us were very happy with what we were doing. And so we decided we wanted to do something we were passionate about. And uh, we were both huge baseball guys. We've been we've played our whole life and baseball nerds. And so we had the idea to come up with a... When we were kids, we always wanted to have, like, a baseball card shop. But... In, you know, the baseball card industry kind of died uh, in the 90s, and so that dream was kind of dead. But um, we, we decided we wanted to try and do a baseball store where we could do equipment and help people to, you know, pick out the correct equipment for their kids and stuff like that. And so, so we had to save our money to be able to get the store going. We saved money for quite a few years. Uh, and then once we actually had enough saved up, we, we both quit our jobs and, and went all in with the, with the baseball store. And it was difficult in the beginning. I won't lie; it was it was definitely hard for a couple of years. We didn't we didn't know if it was going to work. But then, you know, after you know what people say is like three years for small business. About the third year, it started to get going a little bit, and then we've been going ever since. Yeah, and you guys, you know, specialize in helping you know kids, whoever, pick out the right glove or bat or any you know sort of baseball equipment and let's talk about maybe gloves for a bit here you know what do you guys look for when you know a kid is trying to pick out a glove yeah so the one thing that kind of differentiates us from from going to dicks or 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 wherever is this the fact that my brother and i have played we've we've played at every level so we kind of we know what we're talking about when it comes to sizing people up for things and uh, so when a kid comes in, a lot of times they'll come in with their mom or dad, and the mom or dad never played. And so they don't know, you know, they're like, oh, my kid's 11. I don't know what kind of a glove or bat to get him. And so that's kind of our thing is we can jump in and kind of help help a kid get the right size and the right 
quality and all that kind of stuff. So when I'm looking at, uh, for instance, a glove, it just kind of depends on what level the kid's playing at. If it's a high score college kid, then then I'm going to suggest uh, an A2000 or a Heart of the Hide from Rawlings, something like that. It just depends then on what position they play for what size to give them. Um, so, you know, infielders would be 11 and a quarter to 11 and a half. Pitchers would be three quarters to a 12, and then usually an outfielder would be a 12 and three quarter. Um, so we kind of go that, that route. Now for younger kids, it's a little bit more difficult just because they, they rotate positions. Um, so usually for a younger kid, you know, if it's like a, a 11 to 13 year old, usually 11 and a half inch glove is kind of a standard size for that age. And then for that age also, it depends on what the parents want to spend, but usually I kind of gear, um, send them towards the hundred dollar level gloves instead of the $300 gloves just because you don't know what position those kids are going to be at so and you know when you're looking at bats as well you know what do you guys look for when trying to get a kid set up with a bat how do you guys measure that out and again um, you have to find out uh, how old the kid is that's the number one thing um, because there's different bat standards for different ages um, and then the other thing you have to find out beforehand is what city they're coming out of because at the youth levels, some of the kids use USA bats, and some of them use U-Triple-SA bats. And so you have to figure that out first, which city they're coming from. We're, we're pretty knowledgeable on that off the top of our head, though. There's only a few times where we have to look something up just because if it's a small little town somewhere out, I don't always know the rules, so then we have to look them up. But for the most part, if you're in the metro area, I can tell you what kind of a bat you need. Um, and then, so once you get that figured out, then the next thing would be how big is the kid, so height and weight. Now, that's a good way to kind of at least guess what size bat would be the correct for them. Now, that doesn't tell you 100%. I mean, you still have to go. Some kids are stronger than other kids, so they can use a little bit heavier bat than another kid. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll actually go outside and watch the kids swing a little bit, and then that'll help us decide if the if the bat is, seems like it's too heavy for the kid or whatever. Um, once, they, once the guys get to high school and stuff, they usually know what size bat they're going for, um, but it's more the, the, the spot that we can help is usually the, the younger kids, just because a lot of times the parents don't know. And there's a in the youth baseball area, there's a lot of coaches that don't know what they're talking about, and so what they'll do is they'll tell these kids, like, oh, he's not hitting very well, he needs a bigger bat. And it's like, no, 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 that's absolutely the wrong thing to do when you're dealing with a 10 year old kid you don't want him swinging a 32 inch bat and so a lot of parents and and coaches just don't know that so that's kind of where we can step in and help out a little bit looking at different youth bats do some bats um are some is it kind of like a like a golf club in a sort of way are some bats better at hitting the ball far versus hitting you know you know ground balls you know you know, shorter. It, it's, um, does that make really, sense? Not really. Uh, it, that's going to be up to the hitter. Um, okay. The only the only real difference with bats is there's different material that they're made out of. So there's you've got aluminum bats, you've got hybrid bats, which is half aluminum, half composite, and then you've got full composite bats. So the difference is usually the aluminum bats are one piece aluminums. That's what I had when I was a kid. That's all they made was one piece aluminums. But now they've got these fancy two piece okay. composites and stuff that the they can give you. A, Composites a lighter material than aluminum, so they can give you a bigger barrel, bigger sweet spot. You know, they're just nicer bats. But as far as certain bats to do certain things, not really. That's kind of up to the hitter. In, in looking at you know baseball equipment, are there some really cool trends going on right now that are starting to develop with whether it's bats, gloves, anything? Well, the main thing, yeah, the main difference between equipment from when I was a kid uh, versus now is that. 
now the, the gloves are very colorful. So back in the old days, I'm sure most people remember, you either had a choice of a brown glove or a black glove, and that was about it. Now you can get every single color. I mean, if you look at our glove wall, almost every color up there has got two or three colors, on, or almost every glove has two or three colors on it. And they've gotten very bright and colorful, and it's almost hard to find a plain-looking glove nowadays. Everything is really, the, the glove companies have really put a lot of effort into making them stand out with the younger generation. So that's kind of the biggest, I think that's kind of the biggest new trend in, in baseball gear. So strange, so strange. I'm with you. I used to wear the brown glove, you know. Um, yeah, me too. Brown I, glove. I, I had the old Tommy John model from... <laughs> from back in the day right oh man uh let's talk about collectibles a little bit you mentioned to me that they uh, have really exploded since covid uh, in our email and you know how have prices on cards you know been affected by that yeah so when i was a kid i I grew up in the 80s Uh, i started collecting in like 86 87 and back then cards were huge i mean every every boy collected cards back then and uh and every guy that I knew, every kid that I knew collected cards. We used to trade them and everything else. But And then in the in the mid-90s or so, cards really took a hit, and the, the whole thing kind of died. And then it was dead up until pretty much last year uh, during COVID. All of a sudden, and I don't, I don't really know why, but all of a sudden during COVID, everybody got back into baseball cards again, and uh, the, the values just started, you know, skyrocketing. And so... Pretty much everything that, you know, anybody who had a collection of cards at home, everything doubled or tripled in price. And so it's, it was just, it was crazy to watch. I mean, certain, there were certain cards that were just going for astronomical amounts now. And, you know, a couple of years ago, you could have got a card for, let's say, $100, and now it's a $4,000 card. It's just, it's nuts. Yeah, is that, start, so, is that starting to come down ahead. then, or...? Some of it is. Some of it is. Yeah. No cards in general are still super, super hot. Um, the only thing that I've, the only one that I've seen where it, where it peaked last year and now it's starting to come back down to earth is the Michael Jordan stuff. And part of that is because they had the Last Dance uh, yeah. documentary. And so when that whole thing came out, Michael Jordan stuff just went crazy. Like it was like stupid values. I mean, people were paying so much money for Jordan stuff. And now I've noticed that a lot of the Jordan stuff is definitely come back down to earth a little bit but um but other than that i mean football cards basketball cards everything is just crazy right now the the values are so much money i mean in our store right now the cheapest pack of basketball cards that we have is 22 dollars for one pack wow that's crazy yeah it's it's so they've the problem with the i mean it's great that the cards are going good and everybody's buying them and the values are great the only issue is is that the the prices are so high now that they've they've kind of priced out kids. Ooh, yeah. So I don't really like that cuz then you know, the, all the kids can't even afford to collect anymore. It's all it's all guys my age that are buying cards, you know. That's Nate Cousins from Baseball 365 if you're just tuning in here. Nate Cousins, of course, we got the second part of that interview coming up shortly here. And if you're just tuning in and never heard the On Deck Sports Show, it is a baseball show here on KYMN. And you can always podcast us on KYMNradio.net. Again, this is the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. We'll be back with part two of our conversation with Nate right after this. Just as pitchers use a mix of pitches to achieve success, investors need a diversified portfolio to meet today's challenges. 
Falk Financial Services is an independent financial planning firm that can help you build a strategy that considers investment risks while working to help you reach your goals. To learn more, call 507-645-2993 or visit us at falkfinancial.com. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities offered through First Heartland Capital, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through First Heartland Consultants. Falk Financial Services is not affiliated with First Heartland Capital. Yeah, you, when you look at your collectibles, whether it be cards or any other sort of memorabilia, what are some of the coolest things that have come through your store and um, you guys have sold? Yeah, we've had a couple cool things come in. I mean, just uh, just recently we had a guy bring in a – he wasn't trying to sell it or anything, but he just was kind of showing it off. But he had a um, – he, he was an older guy. I would say he was probably pushing 90. He had owned this bat since 1942. And apparently this bat was gifted to his father from Ty Cobb. And so it was an actual Ty Cobb game-used bat signed by Ty Cobb over to his dad. And he was like, the guy was like, well, how much do you think it's worth? And I was like, honestly, at an auction, this thing's probably a million dollars. I mean, you just don't see stuff like that ever. Yeah. And so that was, that was pretty cool. I also had a guy um, a couple years ago that brought in another father story. He, his father had played golf with Babe Ruth and so he had the actual scorecard and it was signed by Babe Ruth. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, the most the cool the, the most expensive thing that we've ever had come in the store, this is kind of a kind of a cool story. Um, okay, so this this was probably 7 or 8 years ago. This lady comes in here, she, I, I mean she was younger. She was probably about 18 years old and she comes in with this big bin full of baseballs and she tells me that oh my my grandfather just died. And I was wondering if, if you guys would want to buy any of this stuff. And so I'm looking through these balls, and they're all like those facsimile printed ones that they give away at the game for free, you know? Yeah. And, you know, those things aren't worth anything. So I'm going through, I'm like, no, these aren't, these nothing here is worth anything. And then on the very bottom of the bin, I see that there's one really old baseball down there. So I reach down, I grab it out, I look at it, and right away I'm like, oh, this is signed by Jimmy Fox. <laughs> and the girl was like, yeah, I have no idea who that is. And I, so I told her, I said, oh, he was one of the great players back in the Babe Ruth days and uh, one of the greatest home run hitters of all time. And, and so she's like, well, is it worth anything? And so I'm like, well, let me check. So I, I go on eBay and I look it up. And there was two of them on there and they both had sold for about $1,000. And so I told her, I said, yeah, it's worth about 1000 bucks." And she's like, oh, my gosh, she couldn't believe it. And so I, she's like, well, how much would you give me for it? And I said, well, here's the deal. In order for it to be worth 1000 it needs to be authenticated. And she, so I'm like, I'm like, you would need to send it away to get it authenticated. And she goes, well, how much does that cost? So then I looked that up from the PSA DNA website. And for a Jimmy Fox signature, they charge $300 to authenticate that. Oof. So I told her that, and she was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. She's like, how much, would you, how much would you give me for it? And so I was like, okay, well, I'll give you 200 bucks for it, and I'll pay 300 to get authenticated. I'll be in it, into it 500 Hopefully I can sell it for 1000 I think that's fair. And she's like, you're going to give me $200 for this old beat-up baseball? And I'm like, yeah. It's... And she was so happy. She couldn't believe it. So she left. She was, you know, she left. And I should have got her information, but we were kind of new back then, and I didn't. And I'll tell you why here in a second. So then I send this thing in to get it authenticated. And a couple months later, it comes back. And 
I don't know if you've ever sent anything in to get authenticated, but the way they do it is they send you a, like a letter um, that says certificate of authenticity at the top, and then it has a picture of the item and stuff underneath. Well, so it came back authentic, which was great. But on this one, they attached a second letter on the back, which I had never seen before. And so I open up the second letter. My brother and I are sitting there. And we read it, and the second letter says that the, our authenticators estimate that this is the, old, the earliest known Jimmy Fox signature. They estimated that he signed it when he was 17 years old. Oh, my gosh. And, That's crazy. And then on the bottom it says <laughs> estimated value $20,000. Oh. So then, so then we're just like, oh, my gosh. And so we're, you know, we're just going nuts. Like, we couldn't believe that this thing is worth that much. So anyway, so we throw it up on eBay for 20000 and it sits there for, like, forever. Nobody even made an offer. So then we lower it, we lower it, lower it. Eventually, a couple years later, some guy offered $8,000 for it, so we, we sold it right there. So... So after everything, after the eBay fees and everything, we, we ended up making about 5500 bucks, which is pretty cool. And the only thing is I felt a little bad just because I didn't have that girl's information. Otherwise, I would have totally called her and given her more money because, I mean, how was how are we supposed yeah, to Yeah, absolutely. Them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah, it's super cool, um, you know. It's crazy how you can just, you know, find those sort of things in the bottom of a barrel of baseballs, right? Yeah, I mean, you just never know. Yeah. Um, let's let's transition here into your playing career here, Nate. Um, again, we're here with Nate Cousins from Baseball 365. And, uh, Nate, you've been playing town ball since 1999. You know, currently the state leader in wins with 136 innings with uh, 1,520 strikeouts, 1,225 just through your hundreds complete game, congratulations on that, Nate. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, so what's the town ball mean to you? Obviously, you've been doing it for a long time and love it. Yeah, it means a lot. I, I put a lot of effort into it. I, I'm, I'm. Uh, when I was growing up, I was never that good of a player. I, I don't have, I don't have a lot of natural talent. Um, but I just, uh, I love baseball, and I, and I, I love the competition of town ball, um, and so I just. I've put a lot of effort into being able to continue to play at that level through the years. Um, you know, luckily my arm is held up, which is obviously just luck. But because um, most pitchers that are most pitchers that are my age are long gone because their shoulders blow out or whatever. But so I've been lucky in that regard that my shoulders held up. But um, but I do take a lot of pride in 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 going to the gym and staying in shape and everything, being able to pitch at that level. And so, yeah, I've just, I put a lot of time into it. And for me, the competition of it, I, you know, it just, it means a lot to me to be able to still, still be able to compete against the college guys and stuff. Um, you know, every over 35 team in the state is trying to get me to come pitch for them <laughs> because I'm over 35 and I can actually still throw a ball. But, uh, I just I don't really want to do that. I want to pitch with the young guys as long as I can. So I, I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay with Town Ball as long as I can still do it. So you right now you play for your baseball 365 Town Ball team in the Class A division. Uh, your team got together in 2014. Um, and how are you guys looking this year? Well, honestly, I thought before the season I thought on paper that we have the best team we've ever had. I mean, I thought we were going to be unbelievable. 
We uh, we haven't started <laughs> quite as well as I was hoping, um, but uh, you know I'm hoping that it still comes around. We have the best pitching staff we've ever had by far. Because for years it was just me. I mean I was the I was the only real pitcher on the team, so I'd have to throw every single big game, and you know that that wears on you after a while when you're when you're older like I am and you're still having to throw every game. But uh, this year we've we've we have six very very solid pitchers. Um, and everybody's really good, and we've they've been doing well all year. I mean, our pitching staff has been great. The problem with our team this year is we're just not hitting the ball very well, and so we're having trouble scoring runs, and so we're losing. We keep losing all these games like two to one, one to zero, three to two, and it's just we're close. I know we're very close, but we just got to figure out a way to start hitting the ball a little better and get over the hump here because the pitchers are doing their job. It's just we're not hitting. So it's been a frustrating year so far, but um, I, I still have confidence that we're going to come around because once we get into the, the playoff series, the best of three playoff series, I, I think we have better pitching than anybody. So I think we'll stack up okay once we get to the playoffs. Yeah, you got to love town ball, you know, going to these different small towns across Minnesota and, and yep. these communities that just love the game of baseball. And, uh, you know, in all these years you've played town ball, do you have any favorite parks to travel to and play outside of the one you play at? Yeah, so we play downtown at Parade, which uh, you know Parade Stadium, and it's got the best skyline for sure uh, of any of any stadium, just because you've got downtown Minneapolis right behind the outfield. Um, the city of Minneapolis doesn't put a lot of work into the stadium, though, which is a, kind of a disappointment. But um, but yeah, as far as places that I like to go play, uh, Meesville is probably number one. Just that's a very fun little park to play at. Um, Jordan's got a really cool little field. Uh, Dundas has a nice field. Even in Bloomington, Haddocks is a very nice field. Um, there, I mean, the one cool thing about town ball in Minnesota, and I've I've talked to guys who've played in other states before, and then they come play here. The the we have better parks and little little town feel. We have in Minnesota, it's better than anywhere else, and that's the one cool thing about town ball is that we just we have something special here. There's you know there's 250 teams in the state or more or more, and other other states just don't have that kind of a thing going on with baseball. And so Minnesota's got something special, and I hope we can keep it going. Yeah, it's, like you said, an amazing town ball culture. And uh, we're getting close to the end here, Nate, but let's talk about some of your favorite baseball memories. Uh, so overall favorite baseball memory is probably the, the 1991 Twins. Um, I went to the World Series. I went to games one and two. Um, and it's funny because I had a choice between – going to one and two or six and seven and i chose one and two because i thought well there probably won't be a six and seven and unfortunately that was a bad decision because as we all know six and seven were probably the greatest games in twins history yeah so that would have been, been fun to go to but i did watch them on tv and i was the happiest person in the world when that happened so i gotta say that's probably my favorite baseball memory of all time i'd say Lastly, Nate, before I let you go again you want to remind our uh listeners where they can check out your store yeah, so it's Baseball 365 in Bloomington, Minnesota. Um, the address is, is 98th and Lindale. So if you're familiar with Bloomington, we're right by Walgreens. Um, if you see Walgreens, just pull into that parking lot. That's where we're at right now. Um, and, yeah, we've been here since 2011, January of 2011, so over 10 years. And, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd, love to, we'd love to see everybody come by and stop by and check out the store. Awesome, Nate. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Once again, folks, that was Nate Cousins with Baseball 365. Special thanks to Nate, and again, my name is Colin Landsteiner. This was the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. 
Folks, we got more great baseball here on KYMN. The Minnesota Twins taking on the Texas Rangers here at 3 o'clock. So don't go anywhere. The Twins pregame is coming up next right here on KYMN.